Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What you're hearing here is somebody making lenses for glasses, making somebody a new pair. Maybe their first, maybe their tenth. Maybe you're like me and almost sat on yours the other day and thought, well, that might have been bad. Where would I be without my glasses? I mean, I can see, but, like, come a little closer. Across the street, I'm not going to know who you are. So let's talk about glasses today. Eyeglasses. Because they weren't always around. What did we do before glasses? When did we get glasses? I've got questions. Hey, hi. I was going to say it's me, Mike, but honestly, why do I do that every week? It's just me every time. Usual suspect today, folks. Me. Glasses. I love my glasses. I clearly remember the first time I put them on. I was like, wow, this is way better. It's a nice feeling. So today, the time before glasses and then early glasses. First up. Ivan Schwab, professor emeritus at the University of California, Davis. Go Ags. I loved going to Davis. Definitions first. Let's do that. Some setting of the stage. Most of us know this part, but nearsightedness and farsightedness. Nearsightedness means you can see close, near, but you don't see well at distance. And then you switch that for the other one. Nearsightedness is more common. And it's actually increasing a lot. Something is causing an epidemic of nearsightedness. Yeah, he does say it's pretty dramatic. You want a theory as to why? Well, we, as humans, are reading more. Some good scientists believe that the eyes have a a set point. Basically, there's a sweet spot. You would reach neutral most of the time. Except as you read or spend time on a screen, the brain is going to think, well, this is the set point at near. And so I should make the eyes long enough to optically be able to see at near. Distance is not necessary. We're doing all this close-up work, so the emphasis, it goes right there rather than to what is out there. Now, they're still working on a lot of this because genes and nutrition, overall light levels, those play a role. But something's happened, and more of us than ever are squinting. But we've got glasses, and that's great. You go way back, and those with eye trouble, they did not have glasses, no matter where their trouble came from. So, how far back can we go to find something that maybe helped them? It's the same place we've wound up in a couple of shows, and it's ancient Egypt. There have been artifacts found in the pile of debris from the workers who built the pyramids, polished stones that are clear. Reading stones, that's what they called them. They could magnify. It was a kind of monocle, but usually you just put it onto the thing you wanted to look at. And so the presumption is that at least these reading stones appeared about the time of the pharaohs, and that's going to be... 4,000, 5,000 years ago. But that's probably not the question that your listener was asking. Yeah, we want to know about glasses, not stones. And for that, we've got to fast forward, like way forward from Egypt, and bring in guest number two. So I'm uh, Dr. Neil Handley, and I'm the museum curator at the College of Optometrists in London. He says the clue is in the word spectacles, with an S, it's plural, two lenses. Until about the 1300s, actually, it was the magnifiers, it was reading stones. 
The first glasses, those came out in northern Italy. They were a relatively late thing. I mean, there's several things you could say about that. One is, is of course, that um, the first spectacles, even when they were invented in the 13th century, were only really of use um, for reading purposes. Uh, it's much, much later on in history that you get ones to correct distance vision. And the second thing is that a lot of people didn't live long enough for them to really have a significant change in their eyesight. When, when they got old, they died, rather than started to notice bodily deterioration. Uh, another factor is that because a lot of people were illiterate and worked outside in the fields, uh, they didn't really have any use for spectacles. Uh, and so what you don't feel a need for, you don't miss. What did those early ones look like? Was it kind of sort of like now or not there yet? Heavy, annoying, all of the above? <laughs> okay, so first of all, never look at uh, a movie or a, a historical drama or evidence of what early glasses look like because it's nearly always wrong. The first spectacles were very cumbersome, very unflattering, and actually not that effective. And they would generally be two rims joined together with long handles. With a big rivet in the middle to hold onto, because you held them right there in front of your face. They were called rivet glasses. And they would be made out of natural materials such as wood, bone, leather, antler, horn. And indeed, a lot of the early spectacles were made in monasteries. Uh, because it was monks and nuns who were the most likely to be literate and could make some beneficial use of them. And monasteries also had farming estates that they managed, and they gave you the raw materials to make your glass frames out of. You go forward a couple hundred years, they started to spread. Thanks to traders, they saw a business opportunity. And there was also a bridge on those, so they would stay on your face, but there were no arms. They just kind of sat on your nose. And then you were walking around, and you also had another problem. For sure, you would get some reactions uh, from people which would vary from the suspicious to the downright hostile, uh, with suggestions, for example, that um, if you're seeing things that you couldn't see before, that there is some magic at work. Um, that this is the work of the devil, and if God had intended you to be able to see something, he would have given you the eyes to do that, and who are you to intervene with some man-made technology? And so it could be quite controversial, and indeed it's quite an interesting reversal from the earlier history of glasses where it's monks and nuns who are wearing them. So by the, the 16th century, you're almost seen as being anti-religious if you've got a pair on. Thankfully, that uh, eventually worked itself out. By the 1700s, we're on our way to modern glasses, defined by something with temples, yeah, sides, arms, that brought us into the kind of now. But even then, there was one more difference from where we are today. Because you were expected to be wearing a powdered wig at the same time. Uh, so they had these spiral-ended terminals that were designed to go into the curls of your wig without damaging it, because your wig was made out of real horse hair, and uh, you didn't want to uh, spoil that expensive item uh, with a cheap pair of metal glasses. So this is why if you find an antique pair of spectacles from the 18th century and you try them on now today, they don't fit. And the reason is because you're not wearing the other thing that you should be wearing, which is the wig. I'm glad I live now and not then, huh? Okay, couple more minutes and we have some time. So what do you say we take a detour? Because my mind works in a funny way. And when we talked about the first time they got glasses that rest on the nose, I thought, why don't we see our nose? Because we should. It's right there in front of our faces. Well, it's actually a really good question because there's a lot going on. Phil Kelman, Psychology and Cognitive Science at UCLA. So maybe one of the first things to say, you can see it, probably a good way, 
is if you close one eye, then you'll probably be able to notice it. But with both open, it gets a little more difficult. It's there. It's kind of there. It's just sort of an outline. Why? Well, your brain doesn't care about your nose. The brain is much more interested in things that might be informative for tasks you're doing or priorities you have. The nose kind of sits there, doesn't do anything, doesn't change. Also, everything that gets blocked on your right side from the nose, the left visual field can see it, and the other way around. So your brain sort of just fills in the details. It does a copy and paste. And if you really think about that, it's kind of fascinating. Right. It makes a big point that vision is selective. We're not simply passively receiving everything that's hitting the eye. We're not even capable of taking in, in detail, everything that's out there. Most people are shocked to find out how little of the visual field is being seen in detail. Yeah, it turns out if we did, if we saw everything, if we took it all in, we would be pretty overwhelmed. So much of that last bit reminded me of my college psych classes. So class dismissed for today, but it's fun to think about. I have a lot more with him, actually. If you're interested, email I've got questions at odyssey.com and uh, the rest of it's going to show up sometime. Thanks for learning with me. I'll be on the news until next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.